This episode is supported by Jace Medical. You may or may not know that in December, drug shortages across the U.S. hit a record high. This is causing severe disruptions in medical treatments, resulting in delays, treatment cancellations, and the unfortunate rationing of vital medications. I know that I have heard in the last few months from multiple mom friends of mine, instances where they have not been able to get medications for themselves or for their children in critical crisis moments. This is so, so scary. I know I've had friends with their kids having seasonal flu cold symptoms, struggling to breathe, and they're at urgent care and unable to get the antibiotics that they need because of these shortages. This is scary stuff. Most notably, one of the short supply antibiotics is amoxicillin, which is commonly used for so many of our children's illnesses. So here's where Jace Medical comes in. They have the Jace case, which is a personalized emergency medication kit that contains five essential antibiotics that are used for the most common and deadly bacterial infections. And you can also customize your case and add additional life-saving medications based on your or your children's family's unique needs, like an EpiPen, for example, something that you would never want to be without, would never want to have to run from pharmacy to pharmacy in pursuit of. So if you want to go get these medications and have your antibiotics on supply so that you always have them when you need them in case of an emergency, in case of a disaster, in case of being a, you know, a victim of this drug shortage, Jace Medical will have you covered. All you need to do is go to jacemedical.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout for a discount on your order. That's promo code SHAMELESS at jacemedical, J-A-S-E medical.com, jacemedical.com, code SHAMELESS. This is the Shameless Mom Academy, episode 641 with Kara Harvey. Show notes for this episode, including any links mentioned in the episode, can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 641. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean. I'm here to give you and other passionate, driven, unapologetic moms tools, resources, and a little bit of humor to help you lead more positive, powerful, and purposeful lives every damn day. One of the best things about the Shameless Mom Academy is our community, so be sure to join us in our free private Facebook group to connect with other shameless moms just like you. You can find us over at shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook. All right, let's dive into today's episode. Kara Harvey is a shameless mom and stepmom of three. She works as a productivity coach, and her mission is to help busy moms take massive action on their goals and 3x their productivity without overwhelm or burnout. She does this via her blog, her wildly successful podcast, The Purpose Driven Mom Show, through her virtual community groups and e-courses that help women learn to prioritize their lives. Kara came on the show to talk about some of the most common struggles for moms, productivity, being present and preventing burnout. She has great tips on building micro priorities in order to stay in momentum and prevent losing motivation in your life. I have to say, when I heard from Kara's team, I got super excited because I've followed her work for a while and I just know that she has a fantastic reputation in the blogging space, in the podcast space, in the space of helping moms. And so I was like, oh, we get to have Kara, like a little superstar on our show. So I was super excited to have her join me for the conversation and she did not disappoint. So listen in to hear Kara share why she left her teaching career and what inspired her current career, her journey from building a six-figure business to having to visit the food bank to feed her family, what it looked like to lose so much while managing her postpartum depression, postpartum anxiety, and rage, the mindset shift that allowed her to build a purpose-driven mom, how to use seasonal productivity to organize your life, how to identify the season you are in in order to give yourself permission to be present in any season and appreciate it for what it is, 
before micro seasons to prevent burnout, how to use micro priorities to reach your goals, the problem with simply relying on motivation to accomplish things, and her 15-minute formula and the magical power of only 15 minutes. This was a really fun conversation. Oh, Karen and I could have gone on and on for days. I know you're gonna enjoy this. I know you're gonna wanna take some notes. I know you're gonna walk away with some things and tactics that you can implement right away, which is always my favorite thing to leave you with. So with all that said, please help me in welcoming Kara Harvey, the Shameless Mom Academy. Kara, welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you so much. I didn't get to tell you this before we got on, but I was kind of geeking out when you were like, yeah, let's talk because I love your podcast. I listen to it all the time and have listened to it for a really, really long time. So this, oh my gosh, I know I didn't tell you and I wasn't going to, I was like, what a nerd, but I was like, I'm going to say it, (laughs) but I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for saying that. You know, it's funny when your team reached out, I had the same like geeking out reaction where I was like, I know I've heard her name, like all over the internet and her company name and I know we know mutual people. I'm like, she's a big deal. Like, and she wants to come on my show. Really? (laughs) It's funny. The longer you're in this online game, the smaller the world gets. And all of a sudden the people, it's funny, the distance you think you have between people. And we make up weird stories where you're like, but that person's like way ahead of me or higher up or whatever. And then like, you get to know people and you're like, we're all the same. Yep, exactly. (laughs) So good. I love it. Okay. So tell us a little bit more about the dynamics of your personal and professional life beyond your bio and what you're most excited about right now. Yeah. So I guess I'll start like most of moms always do. I'm a mom of three. My kids are four, uh, six and 15 years old. I had to think about that one for a second. And (laughs) I am a former burnt out school teacher turned entrepreneur because I just couldn't do it anymore. I got to year eight of teaching and I loved it. I want to be a teacher forever, but I was overwhelmed. I was living in anxiety. I was crying every day on the way to work and I just could not do it. And so I came home and I told my husband, I was like, I love this, but I'm losing myself and I need to figure something else out. And he's so supportive, but also practical. So he said, great, you got to make money. Like, what do you want to do? And I was dabbling in network marketing and I thought, well, maybe I can make enough to leave, like not replace it, but enough to leave to figure out what I want to do. And I absolutely loathe the word hustle, but that is what I did my eighth year of teaching. I worked my behind off to be able to make that bare minimum and leave and go quote full-time into network marketing. And I started doing that for about three years. And on the outside, let me tell you, it looked super successful. I had a six figure business and 250 people on my team and all that. But on the, can you tell people what network marketing is in case they don't know? Oh yeah. So direct sales. Yeah. So it's like a direct sales company and you can get commission off your team and products and things like that. And I really liked it, but I was burning out because I was Mm. doing the exact same thing I did that burnt me out in teaching inbox zero every single, I was carrying my computer around to my kid's bath time and all the places I had to be because I was so afraid of missing out. And people kept saying, how do you do it all? And I felt like I had to put on this front, like I was doing it all because that's what success looks like. And about three years in, I said to my husband, I got to do something different. And at this point, I was nine months pregnant with my son, who's now four. And, you know, my husband was making a decent amount of money. I was making an okay amount of money. And I said to my husband, I'm going to leave it. Like, I'm just going to like leave in the way you do leave a network marketing company. Like I still was doing it because I make, I still make money to this day because I built a big enough team, but I wasn't going to work it to grow it anymore. And he said, sure. And two weeks later he was out of work and his school closed and he was out of work for eight months. And we went from this place of having enough to 
almost having to sell our house, go bankrupt. I would sit outside of the food banks, just trying to make ends work and make everything come together for our family. I sold almost everything we had in this house to buy diapers while I grew a business. And on top of that, I was dealing with postpartum anxiety, depression, and rage with my son. And so Mm -hmm. I spent most of my first year growing a business, crying on the floor, trying to figure out what to do, and then getting part-time jobs to fill in the gaps so that we could at least keep our house and maintain whatever the bare minimum of a lifestyle was. And now fast forward, it's been four years and thankfully, you know, my husband is employed my business is doing well. And I've been able to take all these practices and make them a thing where I can help other moms figure out how they can manage their time without losing themselves along the way. And so I look back at this journey and I'm like, wow, it has been a absolute roller coaster for me. And so much has happened in between. But when I look at how different my life feels, not so much in the, oh my gosh, we don't have any money to now we can pay our bills, but just the hope that I have now that I don't have to burn out in order to be happy and successful. Mm -hmm. I'm so thankful for all those experiences that have brought me here. Oh my goodness. What a journey. What a story. It's interesting to hear. And that was such like a a fast synopsis, right? So we're like watching this like roller coaster that you went on. And when you're in those moments where you're in at the top of the roller coaster and you're like, I built this and I did it and I'm here. Um, And especially it's interesting. I know a lot of people who left teaching as a career and I've come from a family of teachers. So I, I have a good sense of what that burnout looks like. And so to leave that thing and build something of your own and feel really good about it and have that be in that high place to then like, oh my gosh, can we keep our home? Can we feed our children? We're having to leverage the food bank and social services and all those kinds of things. Like that is just two huge extremes. And to go from one to the other and to sit in those places, the amount of discomfort, there's actually discomfort in both places. (laughs) Like there's discomfort with massive success too, but the discomfort to sit in that and to see where you've come from and then to think, oh my gosh, I have to build this back up. I'm curious when you were in that place of recognizing how you had to build a new life and build back to get what you previously had in terms of just basic security, what was your emotional state? And you actually touched a little bit on postpartum anxiety. I'm laughing. It's not funny, but I'm just thinking like how much this adds to the whole picture. What was your emotional state? And also it sounds like that did include postpartum anxiety, postpartum depression and rage. Yeah. I mean, I was really angry and I felt really lost. Like I struggle, still do. I work in therapy on it, but like with equating my works with my worth. Right. And so I felt like I had done something wrong. I was like, is this like, did I do something wrong? Did I mess up? Was this a wrong decision that I made? Because I felt like as soon as I made that decision, my world came like crashing down. And I really had to struggle with this anger at myself because I wanted to grow this business. I knew there was more for me than what I had offered in my network marketing company. I knew I could offer moms something different. And I felt like I was being selfish. And I had the first year of leaving quote network marketing. It was this tug of back and forth. I felt like I had my toes dipped in both places because I was like, I can't do this. Like I have to go forward here, but my heart wasn't in it. And I felt like that was very obvious. And it led me to like kind of plateauing there. And I also didn't know what I was doing. I was like, I had never started my own business. I really don't know what I'm going to help moms with, but I just, I'd always been a naturally organized person. And people are always like, how do you do it? And I was like, I don't know, let's, I'll teach you how I manage my time. But it felt so scary because honestly, I had never really failed at anything before. Mm -hmm. Like I had never hit that. I'd always excelled at jobs I had. And so now I'm in this place 
or I take this massive leap and in my brain, it'll be successful. Cause I just, I don't know, arrogant like that. I'm like, yeah, sure. I'll figure <laughs> it out. I'm just a different person. If I say I'm going to do something like typically like I'll do it and let it be messy in the middle. But then all of a sudden I couldn't work at the level I wanted to. I was embarrassed about what had happened to our family. I couldn't really tell everyone or anyone how bad it was because I felt like I had to put this front up that it was there. And then I'll tell you, so part of this full circle moment for me, I was telling you before, we have a book signing coming up in Philadelphia at a Barnes and Noble, and I used to work there. And so part of the full circle for me was when my husband was out of work, you know, you get in so much debt when you're unemployed. He went back to work and he was delivering newspapers. So he was like delivering newspapers at three in the morning. And then he was going to school oh as a gosh. high school principal. So then he was going to school all day and coming home. And I was oh. managing the kids and trying to grow a business. And I finally was said to my husband, like, I, you're going to fall asleep in the wheel. Like I need to do something. And so I decided like, it was a huge ego check for me. I was like, I'm going to go get a part-time job, like at the mall, making like $9 an hour, just to, so you can quit this one job. And so we became these passing ships where he would get home at 5:45. I would run to the mall at six. I would work three nights a week and Saturdays and Sundays. And I was still trying to grow my business. And I remember being so embarrassed that I had to do this because I thought, well, if this was successful, I wouldn't have to, if I was a success. And this is back when I still, I've worked so much on my mindset around this, but if I was doing the right things, I wouldn't have to do this. And it happened one time where I was helping someone with a business book. Cause I just, I actually really loved working there. I had such a great time there. It was, I know I was there for many reasons, obviously like getting the book in the store was another big one, like seeing those connections I made, but I helped this guy find a book and he was like, oh, you know a lot about business. And I'm like, oh, I have my own business. And he was like, no offense, but if you have your own business, like, why are you working here? And it was like this gut of everyone sees that I'm a fraud. I knew it. I knew it. Right. And going through that process. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone, and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. Hi there, I'm Andrea Owen, self-help author with 19 translations of my books, global keynote speaker, and life coach. My podcast, Make Some Noise, has been serving up self-help in a simple-to-digest way for the last decade. The topics brought in each episode are practical and easy to implement around topics such as working through fears that keep you stuck, different modalities of therapy, managing your negative self-talk, and more. We bring you guest experts, solo episodes, and I even coach listeners 
on the air around relatable struggles. I also do my best to weave my sense of humor into some heavy topics because let's face it, life can be pretty hard and it's so much better when we can have some fun while walking through our challenges. Whether you're seasoned in personal development or just starting out, Make Some Noise podcast will help you become the best version of yourself, the person you're proud of when you look in the mirror and show up in your life. Simply search Make Some Noise with Andrea Owen wherever you listen to your podcasts. Do you know your Enneagram number? I'm a three. Okay. I am a three wing too. Yes. I was going to say, you sound like an Enneagram three. I debate on a weekly basis if I'm a one or a three. I'd prefer to be a three than a one because ones are really judgmental, especially towards the people they love. And that just, I don't like that. But there's times where I'm like, oh, I'm such a one. But anyway, I'm familiar with the three because I do, I'm very strong in the three categories. So for those listening, Enneagram three is the achiever and achieving can come at the cost of relationships and all sorts of other things. Like the shadow side of the three is like, I'm going to be successful no matter what, no matter what it costs me. But so that can, you know, you can do a lot of damage if that's, if you weren't careful with that. The upside of that is I'm going to be successful no matter what. So when you are in those moments of life is really hard, we've had the rug pulled out from under us. We have to figure out a whole bunch of things. A three is like, well, I'm going to figure those things out. And so no surprise that you would have this full circle moment that you'd go from working at Barnes and Noble to have someone point out to you. I mean, and that's so triggering for a three to have someone point out like, well, you have your own business. Why are you working here? That's like juice. You're like, I'm on it. Like Mm -hmm. hashtag watch me because now I'm going to actually be writing the books that go in the store and I'm going to make a lot of money doing it. So I love that the full circle aspect of that, I think is so powerful. So talk about starting a purpose-driven mom then. I want to hear where that came from in the journey. Yeah. So I had no idea what I was going to teach moms, but I knew that I could help them because I was a mom trying to find resources. And I just saw all these other resources out there and thought I could do this. And again, I'm a teacher. So I naturally like love to teach and I was still paying for my degrees. So I thought, how could I use all of this? And yeah. my first year was like spaghetti at a wall. Like if you look at my website, please don't like, we just got a new rebrand. So don't look at this one. There's like recipes. I cannot cook. Like it was a mess because I saw <laughs> what other people are doing. And I thought yeah. I'm just going to figure it out. I considered myself a blogger for the first year mm. and a half. And then I got a business coach and kind of changed my mindset that I'm a business owner and stuck into productivity. And because what I found was no matter what goals moms needed help with, their biggest struggle is finding and creating the time to do it. And so I really leaned into how I can help them find the time. But the key to what I want to do is find the time without guilt, without shame and without burnout, because being a three, I know this. I know the unhealthy state (laughs) because I lived it. I was like, if I don't do I am awful. If I don't go after like, you know, those memes you see, they're like, your why needs to be stronger than your excuses. And you're like, like, Mm -hmm. you know, like, you know, that TikTok sounds like tomatoes, tomatoes. That's I feel like, like, I know, like, I can't (laughs) No, it's awful because here's the thing. I'm a very driven and motivated person, but I have three kids and I'm tired and I like Netflix. And so sometimes, (laughs) right, that motivation isn't going to be enough to get me there. But we, as women hear this, this phrase of, Well, if you want it, you'll just figure it out. If it's important to you, you'll just do it. And that creates this shame spiral in our brains Mm -hmm. that if we fail at anything, it's our fault. We are the problem. It's our willpower. We're flawed. We're terrible. And I wanted to encourage moms. And that's kind of how a purpose-driven mom came to be. Like, I wanted to encourage them to say, it's not you. 
It's just your plan and we can retweak it to fit your season much better than some Pinterest perfect PDF that tells you what to do every day. Absolutely. Okay. So I love, and this is like shout out for teachers who then become entrepreneurs. I love the way every teacher who I know who's become an entrepreneur has this highly organized way of creating content that is super consumable and simple because you can take, so I'm thinking of my friend, Jasmine Bradshaw, who has her her show first name basis, former second grade teacher. And like everything she has is like, here's this little PDF where you can take really heavy, hard content. She talks about race and culture and you can put it into these little simple spaces. And all of a sudden you can start to connect dots and see on the topic of race and culture. Like, what do I have to work on and how can I do it? And how can it actually be impactful and et cetera, et cetera. And so, and I know people who've done this across categories and starting their own businesses who are former teachers. So I know that like, whenever I have a teacher on the former teacher on the show, I'm like, whatever you're doing, I know it's going to be great. Cause it's going to be <laughs> highly organized, super clear, super simple, super actionable, and probably look really cute too. <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> Glad I'm using this degree. Cause like I said, right. I, you know, I have my degree. I have, um, these loans I'm paying off. And someone asked me once they were like, where'd your framework come from? And I, you know, I'm a certified life coach or whatever, but I was like, honestly, I was a special education teacher. So I just Mm -hmm. took the IEPs for kids and I figured out how to teach moms how to write their own IEPs for themselves. And that's literally what we're doing because if you're doing it right, you're getting those tiny wings along the way and you will start to see growth. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. I love it. The IEPs for mom. That's so perfect. Okay. I want to talk about productivity and seasonal productivity. Cause so you talk about the four seasons of productivity that you suggest moms add to their calendar. So let's dig into like this. How do we get organized? How do we do the things that you teach folks to do in a purpose-driven mom? Yeah, sure. So before we jump into seasons, I'm going to give you permission to metaphorically throw out your calendar. Now I love my planner, so I'm going to keep it, but I want you to not be married to the calendar anymore mm-hmm. because I think we think if I don't start January one, if I don't start Monday, if I don't start at the you know start of the quarter, if my morning gets thrown off, like you know it's gone. So whatever I'm going to tell you now, you are in charge of your time and the space and how long you want something to take. Okay, so the examples I give, customize them for you, and let's stop being so married to the fact that our calendar says Monday and that's where we think we need to be, right? Mm-hmm. Because when we talk seasons. It could technically be like winter, summer, spring, and fall. Yeah, that works very nicely. But I think for moms, it's a little bit different. So there's two types of seasons that I like to talk about. It's like seasons without seasons. We'll be super meta about it. But the first is recognizing your season of life that you're in because your priorities are going to be different. So I think about my sister and her newborn baby. She's like, hmm, can I pee alone? Do I get a shower? Like, this is not the time that I'm making these big goals to run a marathon. But what do we do? We see things like baby bounce back and all these things you're doing right away. And you think in your brain, you're supposed to be always performing. I think about, you know, for me, quarter one in my business is always the business because we have our summit. And now with the book, it's my heavy work season. So what that means in my life is maybe a little bit more takeout or, you know, HelloFresh, telling my husband places I need him to step up. Maybe my work um, bubble is a little bit heavier than my family bubble because it's a season and I know that it's going to end. I can one, make goals around it that support it, but also ditch the guilt of showing up that way. So what I mean by like making goals around it, when I have this heavy work season, my, I don't add a lot of any goals, January, February, March for me, my goals are literally self-care and family time, because I know that if I don't take care of me, I'm about to crash. Like I know I'm going to hit a place of burnout, but the other is I know that I'm working more these three months and I want to be intentional about my family time. You do, I want to declutter or scrapbook or yeah, sure. But it's not the time for it. And it's not about putting our goals off. It's about being realistic about what makes sense in our lives. 
So when you recognize the season of life that you're in this month or this quarter or this year, even you can make goals that support it instead of goals that you think you're supposed to have because everybody else has it. And so the first steps to seasonal goal setting is what's my goal. Let me identify it. And then I'm going to make sure I put a plan in place that's proactive to decrease my burnout. I talk a lot about proactive and reactive strategies, Mm. but this seasonal one is completely proactive. So once you've identified that season, I talk about four like micro seasons to put inside. So like I said, we'll get like a little meta here, but these four seasons are really important to add in to your plan, your month or your week or whatever, again, whatever your season is before it starts and it will help you decrease burnout. And this is a season of planning, a season of push because I don't like hustle. I'm not going to talk about hustle, right? Push, but we have to do it. So we'll just, we're going to reclaim that word, a season of fun and a season of rest. And I'm glad you brought up the Enneagram because I find that based on my personality, like I autopilot to one of those seasons and we all do. And there's nothing wrong with that. Mm. It's okay to autopilot to one, but you, in order to be like an aligned person that doesn't burn out, you need a little bit of all of those seasons inside of your season. And what's cool about knowing who you are as a person is you can recognize what you need more of. So my husband is an Enneagram nine, which I'm sure you can think how interesting my house is with the three and a half, I don't, right? I'm not familiar with what the, I only know oh, one, one, two, and three because oh, you're like, that's ones. me. Okay. So and a little nine, bit of eight. <laughs> a nine is the peacemaker, but they move at um a slower pace, like oh, a oh, much that, slower. That slower might be pace. my husband too. Yes. yes. Yeah. When it, they feel like doing it, like when my husband's like in the mood to do something, like he's all in and he does it, but he yeah. has to like get in that mood and you know, I go 900 miles an hour. So, you know, the two of us are fun together, but (laughs) like, I know him, right. He needs more rest in order to do the other things. Mm. I actually like the planning or the pushing, like those are my favorite seasons and I will default to those. And I need to force myself to do the fun and the rest because Mm. if I don't, I will burn out. So I'd love to look at like a weak example of this. And you can honestly, you could do all four of these in one day. It's really cool how you can customize it, but let's look at a week. For example, I know that Monday through Thursday is kind of my push. That's when I'm working. That's when I'm getting a lot of my things done. I'm kind of go, go, go. I take Fridays off when we do team meetings and we do like family meetings and planning, because if we don't take time to stop and plan, then we go into reactive mode. And then all of a sudden you have all these things you have to do that you forgot you have to do. And then you get into this stress state. So I make sure I have at least one day of planning kind of mapped into my calendar. And so this way I've got my push, which I enjoy. So that's my default. So I have more of that. I have at least one day of planning. And then I make sure to add in sometime, it doesn't have to be a day at some point, some rest and some fun. So I don't plan anything on Saturdays. I don't, I love time blocking. I don't time block on Saturdays. I don't say yes to things I don't want to do. Like I just really go with the flow and I enjoy that. And then I have to kind of force myself to find one day a week to do fun. Like fun, isn't something that naturally comes to me. I really have to make myself do it. And so this I'm kind of the like, same, like yeah, if, you're, if you're a worker, if you are a hustler and you have been your whole life, you literally have to be like, okay, I guess I should schedule some fun. What you is do. that going to be? Yes. And, but here's the thing. Let's think about this. There's nothing wrong with that. And I think I actually have felt like judgment and shame from other people because of my work ethic. And people will always be like, well, you're always so busy or you're doing this or whatever. And it's like, well, actually that brings me joy. Yeah. And I enjoy fun. that. Like it's going, to a, co- going to a, co- a podcast conference. That's my fun. It's yes. also my push. Yes, it is. So it's knowing who you are and what you need and then having the other things so that you don't burn out though. Because I, if I just operated and push all the time, I would burn out. Whereas if my husband just operated and rest all the time, nothing would happen. So it's a mix of, I know what I need. I know who I am and I add them in. 
And when you're proactive about it, it also gets our mind to this place where I'm like, this week is challenging. I have a lot on my plate that I've got to get done, but I have this planned out. So to like make the season big for the quarter, for example, my husband and I, we planned a cruise. It got canceled um, in April. So we're going to find something else to do. But I said, listen, after this heavy season of work, in April, we need to go away and do something. And we do this on my team. Like we all take like a week off. We do it intentionally because if not, it's a recipe for burnout and resentment. And then you start to shame yourself because you can't quote balance all the things. So I encourage people to one, look at your big season. Where am I at? Recognize it, acknowledge it, own it, and then make sure you have the rest and the fun kind of planned overarching. But again, you could look at one day and ask yourself, do I at least have 15 minutes of one of these things in my day? That's a really Mm -hmm. great way to structure a day without feeling boxed in and allowing yourself to do what still needs to get done. I love that. And I think I appreciate the point of honoring like what is fun for you or what is rest for you. So like fun or rest for me, like rest could be walking the dog in the sun because that is restorative to me rest for someone else might be taking an actual nap on the couch. And so whatever's restorative to you, I'm assuming can be in the rest category or whatever's fun for you. So fun for me is like doing a puzzle and listening to a personal development podcast. I understand that's super nerdy, like probably not a lot of people's version of fun, but if I can do that for 10 minutes after dinner, like there's my fun. Yes, exactly. It really is because people, I always just feel like embarrassed. People like what hobbies do you have? And I was like, I like to read. Like, I don't have anything else I like to do. I was like, why am I like shying away from this? Like, I like to read. This is my thing. This is who I am. And I feel like as I get older, I just get more confident in being like, Mm. well, this is who I am. And I'm going to be unapologetic about it. Um, And I think it's very, very hard for us to do as moms because we feel like we have to be on this shiny pedestal. We have to show up 100% in all four of those categories and be like this step 30 type person. When in reality, that's not honoring who you are. And when you're not honoring who you are, you get stuck in procrastination, you burn out, you start snapping at your family, and then all of your own personal goals just go to the back burner so you can show up in a way that you appear like you have it all together. Right. I also think it's really isolating. I know that I'll go back to my puzzle example. (laughs) Um, So when I discovered I liked puzzles a lot a couple of years ago, I kind of turned it into, like, I started talking about it a little bit like jokingly almost like, oh my gosh, I just want to retire and do puzzles for the rest of my life. And I can't tell you now how many people I, how many friends I have who are like, I want to be in your puzzle retirement community. Like it's funny. And so like same thing with reading, like if you start to talk about those things a little bit, all of a sudden you're like your social circle or even the peripheral, your peripheral circle, maybe not your most, most inner circle will start to say, oh, I love that too. And you can start to make these connections. And so like, there's another mom from my son's school and we like trade puzzles (laughs) because I I started talking about it it. and I just kind of embraced like, I'm real nerdy. This is my version of fun. And she was like, oh my gosh, me too. Yes. (laughs) And so I think that there's value in connection in that versus because women are so conditioned to keep up walls and think that we're in competition with one another and think that like, well, no one else is going to understand this and they're going to think I'm silly or whatever. Mm -hmm then we don't actually share these parts of ourselves and we miss opportunities for connection. So instead of reading in isolation, you might have the opportunity to be in a book club or to be like, and I've heard Gretchen Rubin talk about sharing her love of young 
oh my gosh, I can't think of the name of it. YA. And I don't remember. Yeah, young adult, young adult, young adult books, which is and one of so the best genres just to say. Yeah. Like real. it's her it favorite really genre. Is. And she yes. started talking about it years ago. And now she like has this book club with other grownups who love to read the young adult genre. Mm -hmm. That would be totally a thing that I could see people being like, I'm not going to tell yeah. people I read YA books, but she decided to like, let that be the shiny part of herself. And now she has a whole community around it. And so those pieces, I think really do create opportunity for connection, but sometimes we get so in our head that it, we allow it to actually take us in the other direction and keep us more isolated. Oh, I completely agree. And I think that it allows you to not only just like find your people, but find what you like yeah. and then be that authentic person and show that to your kids as well. Cause as our kids grow up, like the, my kids are super quirky with their own little hobbies and the things that they like. And I really just I think about myself growing up and I was very, I felt like invisible. I struggled a lot as a kid. I struggled with depression and thoughts of suicide. And I had gotten like a lot of trouble as a kid. And it caused me to like put on this persona of like a party girl. And I was like, well, I'm just going to like drink and act a fool because at least people are paying attention to me. Mm. And I think a lot now as a parent about how, and honestly, it's kind of awkward because my mom called me and she was like, so I read your book and I was like, oh. <laughs> oh God. And I kept thinking, what did I say? And there wasn't too much, but there was a couple moments where I talk about mm -hmm. the, these feelings of loneliness. And she said, I'm really sorry. Like, I wish I had just even know you knew you thought that way. Right. Yeah. Um, for, I was scared at first. I was like, oh God, what did I say? But um, I think about my kids and I think about how if I am living behind this mask of I've got to be productive all the time or I'm not worthy because that's the story, mm -hmm. the voice in my head. I call her the inner critic. Her name is Julia. She's a nasty little lady, but she <laughs> lives there. And she tells me these things like, oh, you didn't finish your to-do list? What a failure. Oh, you know, you guys are getting takeout again. Oh, you're the worst mom, right? She says mm -hmm. all these things to me. And if I listen mm -hmm. to her and let that show up, my kids are going to emulate some of those things, right? They're going to totally. take that into themselves. And I think it's important, no pressure, right? But I think it's important for me as a mom to live my truth so that I can encourage my kids to do the same. Cause I'm gonna tell you my daughter, she's in kindergarten and she wrote a comic book. I say it in quotes, right? Like she wrote a book the other day and she's like, look, mom, I wrote a book like you. And I was like, Oh my God, <laughs> like, oh, that's so great. Cool, you know? And so I think it's important. And honestly, I find like a lot of moms struggle to do things for them, but they'll do things for their kids. So if you're struggling with this concept of like, you want me to find time for planning and rest and whatever, do it for your kids first. And eventually it'll become for you, you know, like think about the impact on them first. And then it'll, it'll start to be a thing you love. Feel like you're the martyr in your family. You're not alone. Hey, this is Joanne. And Brie. And we're from the No Guilt Mom podcast. Brie, we talk to a lot of moms. Yeah, we sure do. And if you're a mom who has a to-do list that is so massive that you get overwhelmed and you shut down. Or if you fall into the habit of doing everything for everyone and don't know how to change it, we can help you become a No Guilt Mom. We're going to take you from family martyr to family model. That's role model. Model, so that you role model the behavior that you want to see out of your kids. You're going to go from being tired and overwhelmed to energized and guilt-free. Every week, you'll get actionable strategies that you can implement right away from the experts that we interview and from us. We also have a whole lot of fun. So check out the No Get Mom podcast everywhere you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? laughing in the face of motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. <laughs> 
Well, you're aiming more of a, we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, Mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell, Laughing in the Face of Motherhood, wherever you listen to podcasts. Right. And hopefully as you're doing that, you'll start to be able to feel the that you are worthy of doing things for yourself without it having to benefit someone else. Yes. Yep. Cause I think that's, we get so tr- I was talking to someone the other day about, I was doing an interview and someone brought up the, you can't pour from an empty cup kind of a thing. And I was like, I want to fill my cup for me, not because I'm going to fill it and then give it away. <laughs> I'm going to fill my cup just because I deserve to have a full cup. I don't need to fill it up to yes. pour it into other people. Of course, I'm going to do that. That's who I am. That's what moms do, but you don't have to fill yourself up or rest or have fun or do those things for the purpose yeah. for someone else. But it absolutely takes practice because we're so conditioned to doing things for other people. Well, it's a cycle. It's a complete cycle. Yeah. You know, we don't need permission to do anything, but you might need some permission to get started yeah. to feel like you're worthy. So if you need yeah. that permission, you've got it today, but you don't need it but we don't believe it because our confidence, one of the reasons I love what I teach in the 50 minute formula is it's not about like doing these big things every single day. It's literally about showing up because I don't care about your perfection. I care about your progress. When you show up for yourself in just 15 minutes, every single day, little by little, your confidence grows and you actually can rewire your brain to believe that you're worthy of it. Because in the beginning, you're like, I've done this. I tried to exercise this, you know, for 21 days to make a habit and I failed. So our brain just thinks, well, I'm going to fail. And so if you just show up for like, take a 15 minute walk and not even seven, you know, Oh, I don't love this. Do it 21 days. I know science, whatever. I think five days a week is great. I think when you set yourself up for seven days a week, you're trying to be perfect and you're setting Mm -hmm. yourself up for failure. So I encourage moms, pick your goal five days a week or less. And now you have buffer. So say mm-hmm. you wanted to get up for a morning workout, but your kid was up sick all night. Don't shame yourself into feeling like you have to push through your workout because you have a buffer. We don't ever leave ourselves with that buffer, right? Um, and you can create a plan that allows you to start to grow your own confidence so that you soon don't need the permission from anyone else because you've given it to yourself again. But I think it takes time and we, we think we automatically should just wake up like, okay, I listen to you, care. All right, it didn't happen for me on day one. What am I doing wrong? This again goes back to it. It's all a process. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. So talk a little bit about micro priorities. I am super excited to learn about this from you and how can we use micro priorities to get focused when it comes to our goals? Sure. So, you know, people always say like, just prioritize it. Right. And it's too big. There are Mm -hmm. so many things that are important to me in my life. And if I was only to come up with, you know, I like the concept of the big three, but I use it a little differently. Cause if I was to say, okay, just do your top three things for today my list would always be like something for my family, something for work, probably something for my house. Oh, where am I? Number five, six, seven, eight. I would never get to me. And so what I actually encourage moms to do is take out a piece of paper, make a list of your roles, the categories you play in your life. So I'm mom, I have my job, maybe my health, my hobbies, whatever it is. And write down for the next 12 weeks or the next month or next week, again, whatever you want to use as your container, what are the top things you want to achieve and make them small. 
These should be like tiny tasks that you can do and rank them. This is going to give you a micro priority inside all the roles and categories. And now some people may be like, but now I have so many things to focus on. It's not about having so many things. It's about being strategic about that. So maybe I have under like my health list, like I want to work on like drinking more water. I want to walk, you know, 15 minutes a day, a couple of days a week. And I want to get eight hours of sleep. Those are three things I want to work on for the next 12 weeks. Now, when I'm planning, I can go into my planner and ask myself, where am I going to fit these things in? these tiny, tiny chunks. Because if we just look at like, what's my big three for the day, you're never going to get to any of those things because you're always putting out fires, right? You're always trying Mm -hmm. to do everything else. This way you can say, so I use a time blocking system, but I can say the morning block, I call that my self-care block. Now, am I also like getting my kids ready for school? Sure. But my focus for my three tasks is my self-care block. So I always pick what are the three tasks in self-care I want to accomplish by the end of this block. And for me, I do like a five minute meditation, I get my workout done and I do some journaling, right? All those things take like an hour max if I add them up together, like they're super tiny. If I get those three things done, I'm good. Are there other things I'd like to accomplish in that block? Yeah, but I don't worry about them. So now when I move to my next block, I start work. So now I have like whatever my work three is. And then I, maybe I have a family block later and I pick my three for my family block. Again, small tasks. We want to have dinner together. We want to do whatever family chores and get homework done. Cool. Those are the three things. And this will allow you to live not a balanced because I think that's like such a misnomer, but like a aligned life where you're not just constantly like, what do my kids need? What do my kids need? What does everyone else need? Everyone else, everyone else, everyone else. It's what do I need for me? What makes sense in this block? What makes sense for this priority? and chip away at it slowly. Mm-hmm. And on any given day, those things can be different. So Always. one night, one night might be like dinner, homework and a family game. And the next night might be like family chores, clean the house, yep. like, and then maybe popcorn and movie or like it can shift from, so then you, it's not, cause I know sometimes we get really trapped in and I'm like guilty of this. My husband and I talk about it where we're like, we want to like find a system that we can just use every single day. Cause then we just know what to, cause then it's just like clean and easy, but that's also not, not totally the reality of having kids. <laughs> no. Like so many things are different from day to day. And as we start to get a little bit past pandemic and stuff, my husband and I, our schedules are shifting in ways that they haven't in the last couple of years. And all of a sudden we're like, oh my gosh, like we have to leave the house. Yes. <laughs> so on any given day, I mean, today's a great example where I'm like, oh, I have like a thing at 4.30, but my son will already be home from school. And I'm checking in with my husband, like, okay, between like three and six, like what is happening today? Who's going to be where to make sure that like this child has coverage. And so I think that as we're looking at schedules and life shifting a bit in this season that we're in this season that we're in globally, there's space to acknowledge like Monday is going to look potentially different than Tuesday. And yeah, Sarah, I'm glad you said that. Yeah. Well, don't we want this like cookie cutter, black and white? This yes. Do, right? Please. But it's not. And I think that that is where a lot of moms, when I teach like my time blocking system, they get really thrown off because they want every day to look the same. Yeah. And I tell them, make a schedule for like if your husband travels and now he's home for work or Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or the weekends or whatever it is. Um, and I actually encourage them to make before you start three different schedules. So one is like your ideal block for Monday again, do it every single day. What's the ideal, like picture perfect. Then you have an in progress, which is what you're actually working on because I don't encourage you to do everything right away. I want you to start slow and steady. And then the last one, I call it when the poop hits the fan. And this is when <laughs> literally, I mean, you know, poop could be hitting things, but somebody's sick or again, my kids at any moment, I can get a call, but they have to come home and quarantine, right? This is just reality now. Yeah. So instead of 
being in reactive mode, freaking out. What am I going to do? How are we going to redo schedules? What I've done already, I have like a filing cabinet of like ideas, stuff I've just been saving. And then I have one thing. So I mentioned like big three in each blocks. My contingency plan is what's one thing I need to do in each block that'll make me feel good. So in the morning for me, it's like workout. Like if I can get that workout in, in the morning, I don't care what happens the rest of the time. If dinner is my one thing for this block, that's amazing. And having that gives us grace, but also intentionality to not be like, well, screw it. I don't even care till tomorrow. And then we feel bad and we get so off track with things. Right. Yeah. Something is always better than nothing. Yes. <laughs> I think it, it keeps us in momentum and we, then we don't have to have the, like a reset or a restart and which takes more energy than just keeping going a little bit. Yep. Can you talk about, okay, so you mentioned the 15 minute formula. So talk a little bit about the 15 minute formula and the power of 15 minutes. Yeah. So I found 15 minutes to be this magical unicorn time for me because I could waste 15 minutes really well. Like I love TikTok. So I could just be scrolling and scrolling and scrolling, but I can also convince my brain to do something for 15 minutes. And I had always done like the Pomodoro technique, like 25 on five off. But for me, my brain 25 felt too close to a half hour and I couldn't Mm -hmm. convince my brain to do it. So I thought, what are some things I can do in 15 minutes? And that's kind of how it all got started was realizing that I don't have five hours a day to work on my goals. I have three kids in a busy life and it just isn't like that. But do I have 15 minute chunks that I can use? And that's really like the overall basic principle is utilizing these small chunks, not to just go, 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 but to be intentional about your time. And so back to like the TikTok example, I would put my kids to bed and I sit in the hallway and I scroll TikTok. It's like a decompression for me. I really enjoy it. But I had another goal, like I wanted to read a certain amount of books and I realized I was getting behind on my books. And so I thought, what if I started and I just read on my Kindle 15 minutes and then I scrolled for 15 minutes. It's not about saying I can't do it. It's just about being intentional about that time. And I find as busy moms, whatever we want to do, if you can break that task into 15 minute chunks, you can easily add them in as your big three, your micro priorities. And again, you can convince your brain. And like, I know that it takes me like six minutes to unload my dishwasher, but I'll complain about it for like 26 minutes, right? Oh my gosh, you know, I like I example. hate it, but <laughs> it's the truth. And so I can convince my brain, this will take 15 minutes. It's about four songs on my playlist. I can get something done. And when you're done with the 15 minutes, the key here is you pat yourself on the back, literally, figuratively, and you say to yourself, this one is literally, I'm really proud of you for showing up. And you do it every time you show up for yourself for a goal. And you start to see that 15 minutes, some days you want to do more. Some days you're like, hey, I did this and I'm kind of into the book right now, or I finished the dishwasher, why might as well sweep? And other days you don't, and that's okay. And again, it's not about perfection. It's about intention. I love this so much. So I have to use this example that I've shared before on the show, but I think it fits here really well. So when I first started the podcast, I, and I've had this with various things in business where I think as I look at a week, I think, well, I have this one bigger project. So when I first started the show, it would be like recording podcast episodes. And I would look at my week and be like, well, I have to wait until I have like a four hour block to do that thing. And I would look at my calendar sometimes. And at the time when I started the show, I still owned my gym. Like things were really hectic. And I would look at my week sometimes and be like, I don't have a four hour block anywhere. Like, what am I going to do? Well, then it became like, okay, well you have a two hour block. Like, I guess you just have to see how much you can get done in that time. And miraculously I would get done 
whatever needed to get done in the four hour block, I just got done in the two hour block. And over time that's really evolved. And it's amazing to me now. Um, people are like, oh my gosh, how do you get out two episodes a week? I'm like, oh, like wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. Like I can cut out an episode. If you give me a topic, I can sit down and record it and I will be done 30 minutes from now. And it's a 30 minute episode. Like I can quickly do things because I've trained myself to go from using a four hour block and really thinking I needed that to being able to shrink those, that time down and just be really efficient in my time. It's also amazing how much time we stress. I love your example about the dishwasher. The amount of time we stress or negotiate around a task or a project that doesn't really take that long, but we think it's going to take really long and be really laborious. And then when we actually do it, we're like, okay. And this happens, a great example of this is like sending in a harder, uncomfortable email or text. And you're like, oh, I have to send this thing. It's going to be so hard. And so I'm going to wait till the weekend till I have like time to really think about it. And sure, there's things you should really think about and be thoughtful and intentional around. And also, if you're carrying this with you from Monday to Saturday, it might just be worth it on like Monday night to sit down and spend 15, 20 minutes, get the message out and move on with your week (laughs) instead of thinking I have to wait till Saturday where I have two hours to compose something beautiful. Exactly. I love this idea of playing with time because I think we, it's easy to feel like time owns us and there's so many ways that we can own time. And I think that that shift is so important. I want to talk a little bit about the problem with simply relying on motivation for our last little segment here. So tell us a little bit about the problem with relying on motivation to help us achieve our goals. Yeah. You know, I think motivation is important and why is uh, your why is important, but Mm. I think motivation is a muscle we have to grow. Like I Mm. I read some study, like only 2% of people are naturally motivated, right? And I'm a driven person, but I'm not naturally motivated. There's a Mm. difference. And I think we have in our head, if we just want it, we will just do it. And I tell this story in the book about how I have a friend who's like, well, I don't break down goals like you do. Like if I want to do something, I do it. And I'm like, good for you. But that's not me. (laughs) And that's not most people. But I think it goes back to the shame piece. I think when we just say, I'm going to rely on my motivation, it's going to get me through. We're leaning so much on the emotion of completing something and not just making it like black and white. This is what I have to do. Like I teach a numerical goal process. And one of it is say reading the book. If you divide it up into these 15 minute chunks, you know, okay, I just have to read chapter one today, right? Mm-hmm. It's, I just have to get started on that. It's not about feeling like you want to do it. It's about taking the time to just do the actual task and creating all of these things that I teach between triggers and accountability to get yourself there. But when you just rely on motivation, when you're like, this is the only thing I like, I really want to do this, right? You're going to find that you're rinse and repeating your goals. They go from month to month to year to year, mm-hmm. division board, division <laughs> yep. board, because our motivation is fickle and it's not something all of us are born with. And we think that we're flawed if we're not motivated, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't leave the human aspect of, you know, Maslow's hierarchy and needing to sleep and some days just needing a mental health day and all those things. It doesn't make you any less motivated. Again, it just means you just need a different plan and a plan with some buffer for you to, I would rather you make a plan, not pessimistically, but like realistically saying, I'm probably going to have days that are unmotivated, right. Or where I'm not motivated. This is something I have. My moms do is come up with an obstacle chart. And you go through and you say, what are all the obstacles I'm going to hit when it comes to this goal externally and internally? Like, what's the voice going to sound like when I don't want to do it? And also like, I want to go run in the morning and it's raining, right? Like those types of things. And then come up with strategies of what you're going to do when those happen. 
Again, it's not pessimism. It's being realistic and making an actual plan because a lot of times when we don't feel motivated, we just say whatever. And then you go like in the opposite direction, right? Like you're trying to eat healthier or something. And then you have one cookie and you're like, I'll just eat all of it type of a thing. Like we have that mentality with everything. And instead it's saying, here's my proactive plan. My motivation is, is cool. It might be there some nice, but I'm not going to rely on that. I'm going to break my goal plan into 15 minute chunks and I'm just going to get started a little. And listen, if 15 minutes is too much, do it in five minutes. Yeah. Like just taking that step is going to help actually grow your internal motivator while that external motivation muscles, like what's getting you through. Yeah, absolutely. So good. I want your next book to be um, motivation is fickle. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good title. It is going to be a mindset book. Right? So I, might, said, I was like, oh my gosh, that's good. I might say, I'm going to write that down. <laughs> okay. Kara, tell us in what ways are you currently showing up as a shameless mom? Oh, I just feel like I have been resting a lot lately with no apology. And I think that I'm spending more time with my kids just playing and enjoying life, even in this busy season. And I was sharing before I got on that I had gotten COVID a month ago and I'm still just not feeling great. And I take a nap when I need to take a nap and I don't feel bad about it at all. And then it allows me to be more energized when my kids come home from school. I'm shutting the laptop, even though the to-do list is not done at work and I'm being present with my family. And I actually feel like our family has never been in a more like happy and positive place than it's been now. Oh, I love it. Okay. Where can people find you? Tell us about the book. So find the 15 minute formula, find a purpose-driven mom, find all your good stuff. Yeah, sure. So the book, Amazon or Barnes and Noble are the best places right now to get it. Just search the 15 minute formula and it will come up for you. Uh, audiobook should be out, uh, I'm hoping, March 28th, if that's your jam. Uh, but otherwise, we have all the things. And at the 15 minuteformulacom slash free, I have a workbook, whether you get the book or not. Inside the workbook, I actually broke the book down into 15 minute chunks to read five days a week so that it doesn't become just like a pretty nice. thing on your shelf. Like I said, practice what I preach over here. And then my podcast is called the purpose driven mom show. And I'm on Instagram at a purpose driven mom. Love it. Okay. So we will have everything linked up. So if people go to shamelessmom.com, click on the episode with Kara Harvey and they can, you can just click right through those links to get all the good stuff. Oh my goodness. Kara, thank you for being here. You must come back when you write the next book, even if it isn't motivation is fickle. (laughs) (laughs) I've loved having you here. I love the work that you're doing and I'm so grateful for everything that you're doing for moms. Oh, thank you for having me. This was a really fun conversation. Thank you so much for joining me in the Shameless Mom Academy today. I really, really appreciate you being here and I hope you learned something new. As always, this conversation will be continued over in our free private Facebook group. You can join that group by going to shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook to connect with other shameless moms just like you. Additionally, if this is your first time listening to the show, know that we are here every Monday and Wednesday with a brand new episode. So make sure you subscribe, go to whatever podcast app you use and subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. You can do that directly if you go to shamelessmom.com forward slash review that will put you in Apple Podcasts where you can click on the subscribe button and you can also leave a review. If you scroll down a little bit, you can leave a five-star review. You can write a few sentences letting me know what you thought about the show. If you let me know how the show has impacted you in becoming a more shameless mom, you might be nominated to be shameless mom of the week. 
Also, please share this episode. My goal is to help more mamas be more shameless every damn day. So please do share this episode. You can take a screenshot of the episode on your phone and then share it out on social media. Tag me at the Shameless Mom Academy on Facebook or Instagram. I'm quick to reply and eager to send you Facebook love and love to be connected to all of you. So again, thank you for being here. I can't wait to be back here again with you in just a couple days. And until then, no matter what you do today, make sure you do it shamelessly. If you like this show, there's a decent chance you'll also enjoy the Shameless Mom Academy. Hi, I'm Sarah Dean, the founder and host of the Shameless Mom Academy. The Shameless Mom Academy is a podcast for moms that centers moms more than it centers your kids. I'm not going to teach you how to make baby food or how to make your three-year-old or 13-year-old stop having tantrums. Instead, I'm going to bring you back to yourself. For the last 20 years, I've been helping moms through growth and transformation. Inside the Shameless Mom Academy, I help you identify who you are and who you are becoming. Look, motherhood is hard. It brought me to my knees many times and sometimes still does. Returning to who I am and who I am becoming allows me to decide how to show up in all those sticky motherhood moments, but also in all my other relationships and in all the ways I show up in my various communities. So come check out the Shameless Mom Academy wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm willing to bet you'll leave feeling a little inspired and maybe even completely fired up. And you'll probably laugh a few times because I promise we never take ourselves too seriously over here. With 700 episodes to choose from, you're likely going to find something that sparks and speaks to you inside the Shameless Mom Academy.